thing that we're going to do tonight, Fallow uh, something or other, and I'm your host, John McClay. Uh, we're going to start here on uh, the right here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. I will. I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself as the GM, Tony Stevens, and welcome back to another thrilling episode of Saturday Night Gaming Presents A Heavenscape Story. This is Void Runner because Void Runner. dead. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's right. So you'll be joining us back. But uh, first, I want to go ahead and uh, let you know, click like, click share, click subscribe, tell everybody about it. Go ahead and listen to all of our old podcasts. You can find them on your favorite podcast provider. And if it's not there, then go ahead and download a different one because we're that good. So I'll go ahead and let everybody in my cast and crew introduce themselves tonight. Starting on my right, go ahead and tell me who you are, who you're playing, and a little bit about what's been going on with your character. My name is Jessica, and I'm playing Adine, and she's been running all over the ship and having crazy encounters with uh, this weirdo named Calcifer that she just met, and reliving a lot of traumatic events. And now we're in the cargo bay, checking on the orphans. Hi, my name's Chuck. I'll be playing um, Heavy Metal, who's um, basically literally just an android at this point, trying to find himself. That's about right. My name is John, and uh, my character's Tom. Uh, and also my character is um, Tiny Tom. And Tom Thumb. And Tom Thumb. And Index Tom. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, the nerdy one. <laughs> There are many Toms. Okay, and where we left off last time, uh, you indeed did go to the cargo bay to check on your orphans and find out what Freddy had gotten into this time. However, just as we closed out, leaving you on a cliffhanger, there was a mighty explosion against the side of the hull of the ship. And this is where we will pick up. So, um, for everybody's knowledge that was not here last week, Heavy Metal spent the majority of his time in locked solitude with Solaris. Solaris has been helping him to rewire his neural synapses and trying to help fix some of the adaptation from becoming uh, human to cyborg to now full automaton. And that was where they were last week while uh, everybody was going on their little harrowing part of the adventure. So where we will start off now is with heavy metal as the explosion rattles against the side of the ship and everything inside is abruptly shooken in place. The lights are flickering on and off and heavy metal comes to his senses Having Solaris already fixed many of his synapses, he is now in full control of his body and awareness of his mind. Um, however, he now realizes that he's in a startling situation where the lights are going out, there is something attacking the ship that he is on with his friends, and he would have to go and find them in some way, shape, or form. Lock and load. All right, so like I said, you're, you're in a smaller room and you were in here alone with Solaris uh, he has left to try and check what's going on 
Um, so it's up to you. You can stay in here and hide for safety or be oh. heavy metal and go out and try to sling guns. Lock and load. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm assuming there's only one way out. You're going to go ahead and just leave the room. But strange thing is, as you walk out the door and try to go through the main corridor to where you can make it to the cargo area and find your friends, uh, something feels altogether different. You walk out of the door and instead of feeling nothing, you feel nervous, tense. You feel sweat dripping from your pores. Gross. You feel yourself knowing that there's sheer anxiety in your gut because you have a very important job to do. It's the first big important job that you have received in your military career. As you look down and realize that you have flesh and bone, meat and muscle, you are driving a vehicle. Okay. Very important vehicle, and you know that whoever sits behind you in this vehicle is precious cargo. And you're taking them to an important meeting. You're not supposed to say anything about it. It's a gag order, so you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to say anything you see, but that you know as Corporal Killian Murdoch, you have one job to do, and you're going to take care of it. As you pull up to a facility, and you notice on the outside of the facility, it says Steintech, Riverside Facility. And you get out of the car, you walk around to the back door, and with your hand ever ready on the pistol, you open the rear door, and as you do so, you step back to maintain your guard because you have been nominated the best shot in the entire Lorian military, which means that you were assigned to protect the Commandant, Xavier, as he steps out of the vehicle and begins to maneuver inside the facility. Okay. All right. So, um, and like I said, at any point in time when out of character, or out of narrative. Mm -hmm. At any point in time, mechanically, um, you can roll for perception checks. You can make any decision that you want to make. Obviously, whenever you go through these these hallucination trips, um, it's up to you how you interact with them. I'm gonna follow him for now. Okay, makes perfect sense. All right, so as you begin to walk into the facility, um, first thing you notice is that, like, A, you are very young. You haven't even grown your weird mustache phase yet. Right. Um, very clean cut. Everything about you is still flesh and bone. No cybernetics yet. Um, but you do know that you're, you're here because you are one of the best trained people. And you've heard rumors, whispers, about the Stein Tech facilities. You know that Stein is highly regarded within the military at this point. You know that because of him, technologically has advanced a long way from what it would have been had he not been around. Uh, but you've heard whispers and murmurs about people saying that he does severe, strange experimentation on people. And 
as you get here, uh, Xavier, he walks in. Everything's a huge welcoming party, like the red carpet's rolled out for this guy to get here. And you walk into another room, and you see some old friends, people that you actually went through training with. Um, and they're gathered around, but they're not wearing their uniforms the way they would. They've got like some sort of individualized jumpsuits that they're wearing and little wires and stickers and receptors plugged all over themselves right now because they're getting ready for some huge experiment, experiment basically, yes. Um, but a bunch of them you do recognize. You see uh, Corporal Albright. Uh, you and he went through a whole bunch of training together. You recognize there's Matt, uh, the Mech Sergeant Sheeran, Sergeant Graham, uh, Sergeant Briggs, and even Mech Master Sergeant Kell, which you've heard a lot about her. She's one of the toughest that there ever has been, has led a lot of defensive maneuvers against the Dragon War tribe and kept Aloria Prime City safe for a very long time. So you, you can either choose to talk to any of them if you want to, or uh, you just move forward. Does Xavier keep going, or does he stop to look, talk to them? Um, he stopped to view everything within the facility at this point, because this this is what he's here for. He wants to see whatever this experiment is that's going so on. So while I'm intrigued as to why they're all wired up, I'm, if my mind priority is to guard him, then I'm keeping my eye everywhere else and on him. Okay. Okay, all right, so um, at that point, you see somebody that is brand new to you at this point in time of your life, um, but a, a larger frame man, uh, he's bald, he's got a chin strap beard, he's got these little spectacles that he wears over his eyes, uh, no cybernetics though. As you see him walk into the room, he says, Bah, hello comrades, it is good to have you here. I am so excited to tell you today about this very special project, Soldat. I have named it after my country's language for soldier, because each one of these individuals is the best of the best. We took the original 100 candidates and put them through virtual simulations until they were one by one weeded out because they had fear, or they second-guessed themselves, or they just were not ready to be the high-performance soldiers that we needed them to be. But these five are. I originally wanted six, but the Commandant told me that the best shot in the army had to stay with him. I was going to say, I was trying to fight the urge to not bristle at the fact that the, all the best were picked. Yeah. <laughs> no, he definitely understands who and what you are, and you were vied for this project, but Commandant Xavier personally assigned you to his detail. Um, so Xavier continues to follow him around. He's, he's basically just asking him questions about what it is he intends to do here, how right. he's going to plan on weeding out the, uh, the rest of the candidates, because he needs one super soldier. Sure. And he needs that super soldier to be so good that they can then use this other project that Stein's been talking about called Project Everman and make even more super soldiers because they have to go head to head 
with the entire Draken War Tribe and defend their little portion, your little portion of this continent from one of the most malicious forces that has ever been seen on this entire world. And had they been there from the beginning, you, your species might not have even evolved. Uh, but you know, as well as anybody else that's ever read a history book on Valos, that Blackbrook brought these creatures here back in the day. And since then, they have dug in pretty deep into the desert of Drac and made a home for themselves there. So, uh, as we're walking around and I'm hearing these words, mm -hmm. and I can conceivably remember the fact that we had these weird visions going to the fix the engine. Mm -hmm. Can I? What would I roll to start to go? Why do I know those words? Why should I remember this? Uh, you mean like um, out of timeline knowledge? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can you can roll. Um, Would that be perception? You could definitely roll okay. perception on that just to know that you. You can either roll that or intelligence investigate. Uh, basically, the, this is something you know, you've learned, you've seen. But one or other, you can either roll off of your knowledge of something you've learned before, which would be your intelligence, or you right. can roll off of just your gut instinct that something's wrong. Could he, uh, could he pray to Tom, and then Tom could assist him? That's possible. Okay. Just if he knew to pray to Tom, I think he could. <laughs> 29 oh yeah definitely alright so you have some awareness that after everything you've been through in your whole life um, that you've seen some of these projects come to fruition you've gone back through this facility again with your friend Eddie Falco and you saw some of these demean projects at their end point uh, this is not always the bright, shining facility that it looks like now. Uh, you've obviously seen what comes of these things that Stein is going to do to these people. Is this the one in the jungle or the one This is the, the one desert? in Riverside that got blown up. Oh, that's right. By the demon. Okay, I continue to follow Xavier for the moment. Okay. And Stein shows Xavier into another room and he basically lays out his plan for him. He says, I have caught and captured this dragon, and they are very, very impressive species. Their strength, their speed, their durability, their ability to adapt to any environment is amazing. I would actually like to make an army of them if I could, but we are busy trying to build an army to kill them. So, this one I have found is named Krill. That is what he is called to his people, and that is what we will call him here. We will take each of these five candidates and Krill, and we will drop them off in the frozen tundra, because there is no way you can test somebody's reactions in a simulated facility. That would only show them that they are safe. Everything is predictable. Survival means that they have to be the best of the best. If I'm going to pluck from them the genetic code for the one that is most likely to survive, we drop them there, and they will have to hunt this dragon down. 
but with no advanced technology. They will do so with their bare wits and the ability to find and improvise weaponry. This is how we would do it in my home country. How does Xavier respond to that? Uh, Xavier, in this moment, he's listening to everything. He says, well, now look, you're telling me that you're willing to take the best soldiers that I have. Now, these are the ones that can help me win this war if need be. But you're putting their lives on the line and telling me that there is a likely chance that they're not coming back at all. And it's on the hope and a dream that your little project sold at is going to render something of any use to me. Bah, comrade. But sometimes, as they say in my mother country, one must first uh, crush egg in order to make first meal of day. And if Xavier nods, he understands that sacrifices of some kind, sacrificing the few for the greater need of the many, is something that he's become quite accustomed to. He's not considered the warlord of the Dani because he's easygoing. I'm going to try and shake out and try and find the hold now. And I rolled a 33. To, to try and get out of this illusion? Right. Okay. And work my way toward the... So you do see things shift. You're concentrating on, this isn't real. This has right. already happened. I've gotten past this. This right. isn't real. And you move forward a little, right? And as you do, you see some of the walls of the corridor. And as you stumble back and forth, you realize that you're being pulled back in again. And in this moment, it's much further in your timeline.